Before I start, has anyone tried that Christian restaurant on Walmgate? It's called The Lord Giveth. The Ostu Takeaway? Terrible, terrible. About a year ago, I was on a date in Liverpool at a place called Sevy Park. And I needed the toilet. Looking round, I saw this row of Creamy's Portaloos. And I went in, left my date waiting outside. As I went to leave, there's a snap. The toilet lock broke. And I shouted for my date, the lock's broken. She said, what do you mean the lock's broken? I said, what do you think I mean the lock's broken? Three hours later, the toilet door is removed by Liverpool Fire Brigade. And I'm unveiled like the worst box opening on Deal or No Deal. My date, of course, had had run off. And there's a crowd of onlookers cheering and clapping as I emerge red-faced from this toilet. As far as big romances go, it's really not that great an example. There are some great examples out there, aren't there? Romeo and Juliet, Casablanca when Harry met Sally. And there are some pretty rubbish examples of love stories. Twilight, Love Actually, any Taylor Swift album. There are some that all men are sick of being made to watch, like The Notebook. You you know it's rubbish. And there are some that watching them can mean the absolute world, like our friends and family at G2. But what defines all these love stories, I think, is hope. The hope of happiness, the hope of things working out, and perhaps most of all, the hope of a better and more secure future. Now today we're looking at one of the most amazing love stories in the Bible in the book of Hosea. Now, at first, Hosea 3 might not look like it has much to say to us, but I think it's actually a really important piece of scripture, because in it, you will see the heart of the gospel and the picture of the kind of love that God has for his children. Now, to give you a bit of context, Hosea was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel, which meant that he speaks with the voice of God. And what's interesting about Hosea is that while other prophets in the Bible, like Jonah and Elisha, speak with the voice of God to bring Israel back to repentance to God, Hosea lives through the tragedy of Israel's unfaithfulness to God by marrying a woman who cannot be faithful to him. It's safe to say, I think, that Hosea had a bad marriage, and I guess that's our first point today, that our relationship with God can often be like a bad marriage. Hosea 3.1 says, The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Hosea is called to love his wife again. She's called an adulteress. It sounds a bit like a Jeremy Kyle episode, doesn't it? I think it's safe to say it's a bad marriage. And in the first three chapters of Hosea, as we've seen over the past couple of weeks, this book goes to some really dark places. But as bad as the situation gets, the true heart of the passage is the love that Hosea has for Gomer, despite the hopelessness of Gomer's situation and how far she runs into sin. Just as God commands in verse 1, Hosea shows his love again, just like God. Because the second half of verse 1 reads, Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisin. Now, at this point, about 750 BC, um, the nation of Israel has turned to the worship of evil gods. And the raisin cakes were part of that worship. Now, when God's word says Israel, it means Israel. But it also speaks prophetically about our relationship with a perfectly holy and loving God. The Bible tells us that our relationship with God should be like a marriage. 
Isaiah 62, 5 tells us, Then the Lord will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Like a lot of you, I'm not married, but I hope to be one day. And when we think about the kind of marriage... Great, I'm getting a round of applause. Fantastic, yep. I am into that. When we think about the kind of marriage that we want, certain things come to mind, I guess. Loving, uplifting, respectful, supportive. They're all words I guess anyone would want in their marriage. But the love of God is described as so much more than that. Psalm 86.15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. To be that loved by someone, to be that loved by God, should be a really humbling thing. And Jesus tells us how we need to respond to that love in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, which reads, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And if we did that, our relationship with God would be like a really good marriage, us laying our junk down and living for him as he lives through us. But Goma, in this passage, is not an ideal wife. Her relationship with Hosea is ridiculously one-sided. That's why God tells Hosea to show his love again. Because as much as Hosea loves her, she cannot be faithful to him. And the uncomfortable truth is, if this story of Hosea and Goma is a picture of our relationship with God, then we all have a bit of Goma in us. We can have a tendency to be unfaithful and reject God's love over and over again. So why would Hosea marry someone like this? In Hosea 1-2, God commands, Hosea, Israel has betrayed me like an unfaithful wife. Marry such a woman and have children by her. Now it sounds like it could be an ordeal, but Hosea, this prophet, this holy man, is so obedient to the will of God that he marries this unfaithful woman to love her out of her old ways, showing her that love for the very first time. And it doesn't work. And it keeps not working. And I want you to notice something that you see reflected perfectly in Hosea and Gomer's relationship. All through the Bible, there's this constant pattern of the love of God and the rejection by Israel. God sent Moses, Joshua, the judges, the kings, the prophets, all as signs of love for his people to bring them back to him in repentance. And over and over again, they rejected that. And we do exactly the same. God can send so many good things. People are speaking to our lives, signs of his goodness and love and mercy and grace. And we reject them over and over again. Just like Israel rejected God. Just like Gomer rejects Hosea. Hosea 2.1 tells us, beg her to give up prostitution and stop being unfaithful. It sounds bad that we are exactly like Gomer because we are the ones who prostitute our principles. We're unfaithful to a holy God. We compromise on God's commands. We settle constantly for less than God's best. Now, we might not be known as unfaithful, but all too often we're the modern equivalent. We make fun of each other, we lie, we cheat, we steal, and all too often we pretend that we don't. But 1 John 1.8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The bad news 
is there a sin in each of, each of us? And if we don't deal with that, if we don't recognize that, then it can get pretty grim. Hosea is showing his love again to his wife, despite her unfaithfulness. In Hosea 2.5, Gomer says, I'll run after my lovers. Everything comes from them. My food and drink, my linen and wool, my olive oil and wine. Even though Hosea was a prophet, a man of God, who we never hear of doing anything like mistreating Gomer, only ever loving her, she looks for things outside of that relationship to sustain her. And how often do we do the exact same thing in our walk with God? How often do we chase after our lovers, our idols, the things that we worship, expecting the things that we need to come from them? Our lovers, the idols, the things that we worship, money, power, sex, addiction, nothing satisfies because nothing can fulfill that deep and true longing that only God can fulfill. It might paper over the cracks for a while, but it will never last. And the consequences of that continual chase are in Hosea 2.3, where God says, I will make her barren like a desert, and she will die of thirst. She will die because she doesn't have a relationship that will sustain her. Jesus in John 4.14 is talking to a woman at the well, and he says to her, Whoever drinks the water that I will give them will never die of thirst. Because Jesus isn't talking about physical water, but about living water. That gift of a relationship with a perfectly loving God, the thing that Jesus promises us will sustain us, the thing that's the very bedrock of our faith. Gomer was cut off from that. Her sin had blinded her to her need for a relationship with Hosea, just as our sin often blinds us to our need for a relationship with God. Romans 6.23 tells us for the wages of sin is death. And just as Gomer died spiritually, we will become spiritually barren like a desert. We will die of thirst just like Gomer. Because friends, our relationship with God is like a bad marriage. So how do we fix that? Well, the bad news is we can't, but the good news is we need to be rescued. Hosea 3.2 says... So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Now I want you to imagine the scene. Hosea is probably at the market and he sees the woman that he loves, the mother of his children, to be sold as a slave. Stripped naked, in chains, shamed, dirty. Why bother? Didn't she bring this on herself? Isn't it her own fault? And yet Hosea pays 15 shekels. Now, we know from writers like Josephus that the average price for a slave at the time was about 30 shekels. Society says she's not even worth what the average slave would go for. She's fallen so far. But Hosea loves her so much, he not only gives all that he has financially, but also a homer and a lethic of barley. He gives the very food from his table and the earthly things that he needed to survive just to buy her back. How far has Gomer fallen from being unfaithful to being bound in sex slavery? Yet we can look at her and we can do what we do so often when we see people we think of as sinners. We can condemn and smugly assume that we're better. But if this story is a picture of our relationship with God, then we are the ones in need of rescue. And Hosea says to Gomer in Hosea 3.3, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same towards you. 
Hosea makes a new promise to her, even though she was the one that ran away, that was unfaithful and became bound in slavery and hopelessness. Hosea says, I will behave the same towards you. He lays down his own rights and sacrificially picks up his responsibilities to Gomer. Hosea just loves her. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't judge or leave her to rot or suffer the consequences of her own actions like the society around her did when it sold her as a slave. He rescues her. He gives her instructions to keep her safe and promises to love her unconditionally. And all that he asks is her love in return. We see God do this all the way through the Bible. In Exodus 6-7, before rescuing the Israelites from slavery, God says, I will take you as your my people and I will be your God. And it's a pattern you see repeated all the way through Scripture because God rescues his people and he loves them. He just loves them. And it's as true today as it was back then because, friends, the true rescuer is Jesus Christ. And I think that although the actions of Hosea were prophetically a picture of God's love to Israel, they also speak of God's love for us. And when God commands in Hosea 3.1, go, show your love to your wife again, we can forget that Hosea, the holy man, had to go to the nasty and horrible places where prostitutes hang out. Can you imagine the shame, the judgment? Men of God don't go to those places, they just don't. Imagine today if a Christian went to a a brothel or a crack house to minister, how quickly Christian culture can condemn them. But Hebrews 13.13 says, Therefore let us go out of the camp to where he is and bear the disgrace that he bore. Hosea bore disgrace and because of love, Hosea did that for Gomer. And because of love, Jesus did that same thing for us. Because Jesus hung out with prostitutes, tax collectors, lepers and beggars. He hung out with these beautiful, broken sinners, condemned by society, and he was judged for it. But Jesus says in Mark 2.17, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners, because Gomer was sick with sin and Hosea came for her. Israel was sick with sin and God came for them and each and every single one of us is sick with sin and Jesus came for us. And just like Hosea, God sees something, someone that already belongs to him. Hosea sees his wife, our father in heaven. He sees us, he sees you, he sees me. And Hosea, seeing his wife trapped asks how much, how much to buy back the thing that he loves most in the world. Can you imagine? Even though she already belongs to him because he's married to her, he gives everything that he has so that she can be free and so that he can love her. And God asks, how much? Even though we already belong to him, even though we were made for a perfect relationship with him and we break that, constantly by our choices to follow other things, even though God sees us continually making that choice to be bound by our own sin, just like Gomer, he still paid that price so that we can be free and he can love us. And that price was the death of his only son, Jesus Christ, his blood shed for us. Isaiah 53, 5 tells us, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ bore us with his blood. 
just like Hosea bought Gomer back, Jesus bought us back. Just like Hosea gives Gomer freedom from her sins, Jesus gives us freedom from judgment for our sins. And just like Hosea gives Gomer a future with hope, Jesus gives us the hope of heaven, eternal life, and the Holy Spirit. Because Hosea, at its heart, is not about you or me or how we read that passage. It's not about really Hosea and Gomer. It's about Jesus Christ because Jesus is the better Hosea. Hosea bought Gomer for 15 pieces of silver. God bought us with the torture and murder of his only son who destroyed death, hell, and the grave so that we can be restored and set free, just like Gomer. We can be free, we can be loved, and we can know the love of a heavenly father that died for each of us. And that is the love of God. That kind of never-stopping, never-ending, crazy, limitless, irrational, uncompromising love that will never give up on us. No matter how deep we run into sin, no matter how far we run from God, no matter how many times we give up on him, he never gives up on us. Loved, forgiven, done. It's that simple. That is where our hope should come from. Hosea 3 is, at its heart, a love story. And friends, when we we talk about the hope in a love story, what greater hope is there than the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for G2. Father, I pray for each of us here as we go into summer that we would know your love again. Father, we're all in different places. Some of us once knew your love. Some of us are far from you. Some of us are close to you, Father. But I pray as we go into summer that we would know your love again in a true, deep, and intimate way. In Jesus' name, amen.